Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Let me try this again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gypsy Poet Radio. I'm the Gypsy Poet, and this afternoon we got the ultimate entertainer here. Uh, from the week before last, I couldn't get enough of the stuff he had to say. It's the one and only Jeff Kirshner, as you obviously know. He is the owner of Chronoscape Productions. He's also the co-owner of M&K Productions, and he is here to elaborate just a little bit more on our Hush Hush project. Again and again, i got to tell you, it's the one and only Jeff Kirshner. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hello there. Hey, I'm good. <laughs> Glad to be here. Oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, I have I have another set of questions for you, so I just thought we'd get started yeah. here. Oh, my God, wow. Yes. Um, you know something? There is a, there is a really unusual thing that I have that I have seen over time. You know, some of us who are insiders in the entertainment industry, so many of us, so many of so many people think, oh my God, you know, they get starry eyed every time they think about anyone who does anything, you know, uh, in the entertainment industry with Hollywood and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, and um, we're going to look at this from the outside perspective here. How does it feel like knowing that you are accomplishing making making your dreams happen with the movie making? I wanted to ask that question. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, obviously it's, it's good that you that you are going on the path that you set out for yourself when you're a very small child. You know, I mean, my other path mm-hmm. was being an astronaut, but that didn't work out. Um, or, you know, or you know, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll be a filmmaker. Well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, when you, when you have like a goal and you kind of stick with it, no matter how many times people tell you not to do the thing and you still stick with it, you know, either you will make it or, you know, you're, you're crazy. I I might be a little both, um, but I will always stick to my path. I will not go off the path and that's the only way to do the, uh, you know, what you set out to do. And that's why, you know, when things start happening, you know, like you're you're happy. You're like you're you you, you kind of relieved. Finally, you know, you, you say to yourself, but also, you know, you're very thankful for it. You know, uh, people who just falls into their lap, it's they're not thankful for it. I mean, they're happy, but they don't. You, you know, they didn't work for it. You know, working for um, a goal um, and is uh, much better than actually just like achieving it before it just happens to you. Uh, maybe not financially, maybe it's good to have that really fast, but um, I think you appreciate it more. So that's what I, I do appreciate any little thing that happens um, whenever I'm working on it, if it works out, because so many things do not work out. And, uh, you know, so just be appreciative. I, I, I think for everything, you know, if anything good is happening in your life, be appreciative. Don't just sit there and, uh, you know, worry about the things that didn't happen. You know, think about the things that you, have done and what you can do to improve the future. I think it's always good to be striving. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, what is your what's the best part about your job as a filmmaker? I may have asked this question, but I just couldn't help it because I love this question. <laughs> um, the best part of being a filmmaker is that mm-hmm. you are you're working in today's medium. If you were working in, uh, like, you know, if you were, like, from 100 years ago, 200 years ago, whatever, uh, you'd be maybe yeah. doing other things, theater, writing, um, which we still do, and it's part of our still life. But um, now with the digital revolution that just happened within our generation, um, the best part about, like, you know, of, of 
doing this kind of thing is because you get this to to really have your visions or whatever you do to see be seen by by the whole world, um, right? Rather than just just like you know like you know a group of friends of yours, you know like little rascals, and they're putting on a show for like three people. Um, you know, you actually get to do this, but but the only the, the best part of it is is the actual just like the fun and satisfaction um, that I get personally from doing these things. I think that the only times I'm actually very happy is when I'm mm-hmm. creating something and I'm a collaborator, so I like to work with other people to do these things because anybody could sit in their home and make videos by themselves, um, but but it's not as fulfilling and, and you know, it's not as fun as like when you have other people who appreciate what you're doing. Um, but fortunately we live in a time when everybody right now, anybody out there could do these things if they wanted to do it. Um, but they just have to make sure that whatever they do is quality. Um, don't just do quantity. Quality is the most important thing. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's my, that's much the best part of being a filmmaker is that, that you get to to do something that you find fun, and then other people will appreciate what you're doing, and you could do it over a large amount of people. You know, affect the world basically. I think. Awesome. Does that answer you? Um, <laughs> I was going to say, in your current project, I'm seeing some Charlie Chaplin influence. Is that on purpose, or did that manifest on its own? Well, Charlie Chaplin is interesting to me because. Um, when I was young, I studied uh, all the silent film comedians. Um, that's mm-hmm. my favorite type of film when I was when I was younger and when I, in college. And uh, I actually became an expert on uh, all the silent film comedians, even when people like Stub Pollard and people that no one has ever heard of before. Um, I have mm-hmm. and and Charlie Chaplin himself, like he was the first one that I really caught my eye. Although um, I I think that like lots of different comedians they affected like certain aspects of what I like to do what Charlie Chaplin did um, and he did better than anybody else he did two things one he was a complete filmmaker which is uh, very rare and and nobody today does everything that he did by himself which was basically he was the the lead actor of his films he directed his films he wrote his films he produced his films, and he also did the music scores for his films, um, which is the one thing I can never do, and I have a big appreciation for, is making music. Um, so I will never, ever be in that kind of category of being able to do, like, every single thing. So almost every single thing you saw on the screen, he did. The only thing he didn't do is he didn't work the camera, um, although he probably could have, you know, if he wanted to. That was the only um, but he, every you, when you saw something that he did, he created that himself. For, for, but his his other big thing that he did is he had he was known for more of being a sentimental, emotional kind of story maker. You would feel yeah. empathy for his character, even if his character was kind of like um, a terrible person and kept kicking people and you know dogs or whatever he did, you know, in his films mm-hmm. for for laughs. Um, what you you got behind when you were watching him is that usually even by the end of the film when he usually walked away sad and lonely, you felt the empathy for him. You wanted to, you wanted him to succeed, and um, my goal with every film I do is have a character that you want to see succeed. 
because otherwise yeah. we're just watching people go through the motions. And you, I, I want to bring a connection, and I think that he brought the best connection. So it is kind of like you know intentional because I, I always think about all these things when I'm writing stories and when I'm ready, you know, to shoot the things. How do you get the audience to sympathize with? what the main character is and what they're doing because if you don't care what they're doing then why would you be watching it oh yeah um going back to um going uh, going back to the the very early days of hollywood it uh, it Mm -hmm. amazes me how far filmmaking has come and when i see the Mm -hmm. the pictures and and the and the little bits that you have sent me of your current project i'm like that's the first thing that came to mind. Was like, huh? Oh, there's some Charlie Chaplin influence here. There's some, there's some yeah. very early filmmaking influence in in your in your work here, which which is something I love. Um, and um, and and it's also something you don't really don't see anymore, you know. And the effects that back then were so small and so primitive, almost compared to what we have today. Now we have green screens and blue screens, and uh, we, we can emulate people flying in the air so much. And um, mm-hmm. and and. So many things look real, but we know they're not. <laughs> and yeah. um, and and this, yes, and just this, just the quality of filmmaking has drastically changed in, in, in the last century alone. And and Hollywood began this this art form. And and I'm, right. I'm one of my favorite channels that I happen to watch is TCM. I, I mm-hmm. like watching the Turner Classic Movies channel because uh, you, you get to see just how much evolution there has been in filmmaking and as soon as i saw your clips and your pictures of, of these things that you were doing i said wow he's got it he's he, either he must have watched a lot of tcm or he must have been a really good student in, in the in, in the old in the golden age of filmmaking <laughs> that's what i thought well seriously. yes yeah i i actually did study lots about the history that i wanted to know how people made these films especially with Today, uh, the but you know uh, when you have no budget, okay. So see, assume you have no budget. So you're not going to do. Uh, I mean, unless you're really good with special effects on your computer or whatever, you, uh, you're not going to really be able to do a lot of the things that maybe you see in the blockbuster movies that cost several hundred million dollars to make. So how do the people who hadn't didn't have that do it? If that's like something that people don't think about, like how would I do that? So when I was out of film school and I, I wanted to learn how to make these things, I actually took it upon myself to try to make like silent films in the style of the, how they made their films with like no budget basically and um, trying to do everything as a visual filmmaker not relying on dialogue, which is uh, actually I, it's my go-to. I'm actually more of a dialogue person. I like to write scripts with lots of people talking about a lot of things. And then I had to step back and say, how do I tell a story without um, talking, basically? You know, and uh, obviously I'm not going to be like the geniuses that were doing it like way back when. Um, but if I learn how to do it, how they did it, I could apply it to modern movie making principles too. So that's what I would do. I would try to tell stories in the in the visual way of how they learn how to do it. And and these people like who did these things, they were only like. 15, 20 years after the invention of film itself, um, because it was like uh-huh. in the late 1880s when 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 film making was beginning, um, and there was not even like a film language until maybe the early night, like 1903 is when the Great Train Robbery came out, and 
Um, that was when they had the first close-ups and, and a few other things that like were innovations to making stories for film. Um, and there was also like a lot of European people too who were doing a lot of stuff, especially French people who were doing all these uh, films. And, and they learned by using theater techniques to do things on uh, to make films. Um, although they, it, a lot of their movies look like like stage productions, like if you'd watch it in a theater, um, it still it, it began like this process. And then later on, as it went along, if you look at a film from 1929, you look at a film from 1949. There's a huge difference in the terms of how things were done. And this is and mm-hmm. and yes. like it's also like today. We like if you look at films from like 20 years ago. And you look at special effects and things, you know, um, now you look at them and all the special effects look fake and everything. Um, you know, you know, you look at it, it's all really fake. Uh, today, some things are looking pretty realistic. They're getting good at it. But it's taken like 30 years of digital ma- filmmaking to be able to get to this point, And it always takes time. But um, it's best not to rely on hundreds of million dollar budgets uh, for pe- for the average person. Because almost nobody's going to ever get to that point of being able to do a film with budgets like that. So if you can do something with sock puppets that makes an audience love it, then go for it. That's that's better, I think. Awesome. Okay. So going into our little hush hush project here, uh, it's like yeah. um, what we're working on is a, is a really cool experience. Okay. What is one thing you look forward to in seeing in the process of this project? Well, for our project, my 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 best thing, what I'm looking for, is seeing what actually what you do in this thing. I'm ah. I'm going to be there to facilitate you to do this because okay. uh, you're the one with the expertise of what you want to bring to it. What I'm going to be bringing is uh, like a more of a film expertise. So together, that should be good. But I want to see what you do. I want that. That's what I'm looking for. I'm I, I'm going to be so happy when 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 I've helped you do something that has been a vision of yours, because, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to find people who will sit there and, and, and do your vision, you know, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I get more, uh, satisfaction of watching other people getting things that they yes. want done than even if my own stuff, I'm like, I'm happy, but you know, I, if I can make someone else do something that they couldn't do before, that's, that's what I want to see. So I'm just looking forward to seeing this you know, whole thing complete. That is, that, I like that encouragement, you know, because it, it's kind of a rare thing to do something like that. You know, because um, I've been watching documentaries on various different channels, not just YouTube, but mm-hmm. um, there's also Amazon. Uh, on Amazon Fire, there's uh, there's a channel called Tubi, and uh, there's another one that I'm, I'm looking at as well. Um, all throughout, you know, Amazon, I've seen some really amazing stuff. There was one called Queen Elizabeth the First Killer Queen, um, talking mm-hmm. about the um, yeah that one is an amazing documentary and it and it brings in author Philippa Gregory to uh, to talk about um, the, the scandals of the royals and stuff like that and especially and mm-hmm. and the Queen Elizabeth uh, and this is interesting because there's not a lot of scandals uh, being brought up about her so when I saw that I said hmm this really brings up a big a really juicy question in the history because she was involved with somebody who was already mm-hmm. married and his wife strangely died. And all of a sudden, something was brought to light. And I mean, there were for, people in, in forensics talking about how how this how this woman passed away and everything. And um, you know, they, and and, they, and people are still speculating if Queen Elizabeth I was behind that, which is totally like I never knew that. I thought it was pretty awesome. 
So honestly, for something like this, a project like this, I really want to see um, people be curious and say, wow, I never knew that. You know, just looking at the film, watching the footage right. of the pianists and, you know, and, and, and watching the uh, – and, and just listening to the, the history of the instrument in itself. And so when bringing that up, I just uh, want to – I really want to take away from, uh, from that – what I want, or what I want to see manifest in that, is that people take a look at this uh, piece and think that is something I did not know, and somehow I think I'm going to make use of this info later. Something like that. As mm-hmm. long as I can do that, makes me a happy camper. And right. I, um, you're going to, yes, you're going to love this next question. This one is funny. Okay. <laughs> I said, what okay. do you like best working with people in social media in your work? <laughs> okay. Yes, that is an interesting thing uh, because this is the 21st century innovation that mm-hmm. that no one had before this. Um, so we have people from all over the world, uh, and it's basically like 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 you, for instance. I've never met you in person. I don't think I would have been able to meet you in person because how would I? You know, I you're like 1,500 miles away from me, but. You know, through social media, you're there, like, you know, two feet away from me. Everybody, Mm -hmm. someone in China, someone in Africa, someone on the North Pole, like, you know, Santa Claus could talk, you know, instant message me and then show me pictures of polar bears that he's looking at. Um, You know, what we we could do is we could could, uh, basically meet anybody. And the danger of that is that you could meet some crazy people. But the the yeah. good thing about it, <laughs> but the good thing about it is that you also meet enthusiastic people, really intelligent people, funny people, people that will inspire you in your own endeavors of what you do, and also people who will in, um, not only inspire you but um, keep you inspired. They'll they'll keep like encouraging you to do other things that people that you never would have met, uh, because most friendships are because of proximity. You, you, you're only friends with the people you grew up with because they happen to live in the neighborhood that you grew up in. And you're only friends with people that maybe from your work because you went to work physically right. with them and you actually met them. But through, you know, through social media, um, you're not in proximity with, with someone else. So the only reason why you should be friends is because you have things in common, you, um, you, know, you, you, you share same sensibilities, and you could keep, you know, you, if you do it right, you will have people there to support you what you want to do. Um, yes. That's, that's the big innovation from like that. So that way you can, you could, you know, you could be living in a small town and there's nobody there. And then, so who, how mm-hmm. are you going to decide you want to be the best like a uh, guitar player or something? Cause no one is there to, to say anything about it. But here, you know, someone in the, uh, you know, all over across the world, it could be somewhere in Europe and Germany and they go like, wow, you're really good. I could do, let me show you something. You, know, you could find it, it, it's just a way of social media is bringing the world together in a way that never has been done before. Um, and I'm yeah. hoping that um, with all the bad things that happen with it too, because there is a lot of bad things that happen with social media, um, it also can um, elevate society and make people. I mean, some people at least it can make people like you know, uh, you know, more creative and more. Um, understanding of some other things because you do see some, even though there's like so much infighting and things, people are very tribal. <laughs> Social media, like you, if you you like this one thing, well, I don't like it, so I hate you. You know, that's what a lot of people do. But 
<laughs> but but a lot of people like are also you know if you for if you're lucky you find a, a good enough people that you can see and you get to you know to see the average person which is before you only got to see um in, in like supposedly important people which you know they're not really important but you know society said oh you have to watch them on TV or read about them or something now you could read about or see um everybody um, right. so, so, all right now we're down yeah, to nine minutes yeah. but um. Yeah, I, I was going to yes. say that um, one, one person who I'm, I'm really proud of who has used social media to make his films is uh, the uh, the thunderous Johnny Daggers, also, um, Johnny Ellenberger on Facebook. He's, he was also a former guest, and so I felt the need to ask that question because he uses social media all across the board in order to make his independent films, and he's a horror filmmaker and a good one too. So mm -hmm. I just had to – that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring up that question because um, I, I know now that the big thing slowly is is that uh, people making films, people doing stuff creatively, they're using social media in every uh, every aspect of their creativity board. You know, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got um, even Pinterest for that matter. People are just, you know, running around sharing ideas, which is really amazing. Um, among other things, let's see. Um, yes, um, your um, your paintings. I want to get to your paintings. Oh, your yeah. paintings okay. are yeah. yes, they're making an impact on people's lives. Uh, is there or are there any favorites that you have done, and if so, why? Well, you, you know, I the, the painting I'm working on now is my favorite, and then the painting I'm working on now after that one is my favorite. So I never really have a favorite. But what I can tell you is my favorite type is when someone um, wants me to paint something for them like, uh, you know, either their portrait or, or you know, their pet that they no longer have, something that they're going to really enjoy for their rest of their lives. And then when I give it to them, that's what I enjoy the most. I really, really enjoy when people have something that they uh, that they will cherish, you know, because in a way that they can't get it in, in, a, in a regular way because painting is a handcrafted thing. It's not like a, a photo it's not you're not just blowing up a photo of something, um, and that's fun and it's wonderful and you can put that on people's walls and you can have the wallpaper of your phones or your computer or, or even your TV. That's fine, but when you know that someone took time to actually, you know, take a blank canvas and just create something specifically for you that that will have meaning for you and then you give them that, then that's I'm, I'm like I'm really hoping that they're not just taking it and putting it in their closet and. Plexed us somewhere. I really hope right. they actually really enjoy it. You know. Okay, we got three questions left here. So um, I want to know okay. who your biggest cheerleader in the in the movie making industry is, whether you be family or friend or an inspiration. Okay, well, no one in my family really uh, with my cheerleader. Um, I have several people actually. Um, I can I can give a little shout out to a few of my people that have been mm -hmm. big cheerleaders for me over the time. Um, my friend Kim Koff was was really instrumental in introducing me to lots of people and always wants to work with me. My friend Laura Fuino, I, and my friend uh, Kimber Westervelt is also they they've always given me work um, and they always like they 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 talk me up to other people. So those are mm -hmm. some of those people. We're all this like little close bunch of people that we that we know. And then I have um, some other people who are like you know in, on on the internet. Some people just became fans of mine. And they always every time I do something and you know they want to know. I I'm always surprised when I have a fan. I'm like, so really you you watched it? You know when I did. Um, but uh, those are like my people my in my in my little circle of people that I actually know that constantly mm -hmm. get get me work, and I'm very appreciative oh, of that. Awesome. So. 
That's wonderful. And I hope that this show is uh, an inspiration and a cheerleader for you, too, because DPR does love you. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> well, I love you. I, I, <laughs> so. oh, trust me on that one. Okay, so you've worked with some major studios in the past. Is there a favorite that you would want to work with um, on, on a later project? And if so, which one? Well, I'm going to be a little self-serving. I want to think. Even though my home was paramount for all those years, what I would like to do if someone like my dream job right now would be like if I could work on a Star Wars movie for Disney. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be my that would be my dream job. Uh, I think that I could bring something to it. I've been a fan for for more than forty years, and I, and I think uh-huh. I can I could do something good with that. Um, I think you know I can't do anything worse than some other people have done. So uh, you know I, I mean maybe it'll be like one step above the Hollywood the. Um, the, the uh, holiday special, but, you know, even that could be kind of funny in a terrible way. So I'm sure I, I would love to do something. I, I don't care what it would be. Even if it was one of those television shows, I'd love to do something in that if I That's could. Awesome. I don't think I'll ever will. Yeah. And last, uh, second to last question we got here is, like, what project do you mm-hmm. want to see manifest most in 2020? Well, I want to see our project manifest. I want to, We've been talking okay. about it for a few years now. I want to make sure that this is um, done. Um, because yes. we need to get this thing done. Um, I know we've had, we both had lots of things in our lives that made it very difficult mm-hmm. to do actually creative stuff. Um, and sure. the one thing, yeah, I, I just want this one to be done. Yeah. Oh, me too. I mean, I've got uh, one more project, uh, ahead of this one. And, um, thanks to Sanaz, I got, I've got to give us, I got to get a shout out to Sanaz cause I know she's listening. Mel Sanaz, hi, and much love to you and welcome back to Los Angeles. I know that you're hard at work and everything. And uh, the suggestion that she made was uh, taking my poetry books and putting them on Kindle. So I got a little bit of help from my friends to helping me do that. So that's uh, nice. that, that makes me a happy camper. So right right mm-hmm. after that one is going to come the uh, is going to come the film project. So the, um, up and up we go. And last yeah. but not least, okay, okay. What would you what do you want to give your audience with the work that you do, whether it be filmmaking, painting, or other creations? Well, what I like the people to have based on what I do is, um, number one, I'd like to entertain someone. Um, you yes. could teach. You could, uh, you could inspire. But if you don't entertain someone, then they are not going to be interested in anything else you do. They're not going to care, and they'll probably forget whatever you did. I've seen lots of documentaries of things that are interesting subjects but done very trially because it's not entertaining. Um, I think the one thing to do is to grab people is to entertain them. And then if you're lucky, the entertainment part of it will make someone think because they're happy and they'll think about stuff they like about it and they'll remember like some of the things, maybe the underlying things that you wanted to bring to the thing. So my biggest thing is just about entertaining people. So it can either be any of the paintings or the photos, digital things I do. I'm just wanting to like entertain people. Um, that's my biggest thing. Likewise, yes. And yeah. the three things that writers are supposed to do are persuade, entertain, and inform. 
Yes. Okay. For those of you listening in on GPR, I just want to let you know that you can find Jeff Kirshner on Facebook. You can probably also find him on Instagram. But uh, be on the lookout for all the neat and fun stuff that he's uh, that that he's doing upon um, upon social media that he's uh, that he's sharing with everybody. I noticed that he's been sharing some of his paintings on his Facebook page. So please be sure and check that out. And uh, also look look at some of the projects that he has uh, posted up there as well. So feel free to do that. And so. I just want to say thank you for listening in, and Jeff, thank you for calling in and sharing a little bit more of your story. And uh, we've got, uh, we got, a, I think we'll just put in a few more features with you. I think you've got some great stuff going on, and I want to give you as much, uh, as much blasting as possible. <laughs> I very much appreciate it, and I enjoy doing this. This is great. Oh, absolutely. Me too. I mean, I learn a lot. You know, very few people that uh, really persuade, inform, and entertain me like you do. So, And I just want to give a couple of shout-outs to some friends of mine. I want to give a shout-out to the World Metal Scene group page on Facebook. I think that they do a lot of wonderful things for people. Um, they've been give, uh, they not only do for, for metal bands, but they also feature, they do some features for me every now and again. I also want to thank my friend Oni Monk for listening in because he's always um, – informed and entertained on my show and uh so he, he every once in a while shares links and stuff like that so i just want to give a shout out to him as well so we're down to a minute of the show and i just want to say again thank you jeff for calling in and sharing a little bit more of what you do and how you do it and we'll uh we'll definitely wing it and see uh, and see how we go along in the following weeks on gpr okay that'd be great anytime you want me i'm here all righty this is the gypsy boy signing off saying adios for now Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.